This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, now. here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello there, and welcome to episode number 293 of Youpreneur FM. I'm your host, Chris Ducker, and you, my friend, are in the right place if you are wanting to focus in on doubling down, on getting super-duper focused on building a powerful personal brand based around you, your personality, your experience, and the people that you want to serve. We are all about becoming future-proof on this show and really building the business of you, as I call it, is the last pivot you'll ever have to make in your career. And that's what we focus in on here on the show every single week. It's a real pleasure to be hosting you. Now, this week I'm sitting down with my good friend Jess Ostroff from over at Don't Panic Management. She runs a fantastic virtual assistant agency where her and her team will look after you on a month-to-month basis with everything from managing your calendar, booking your flights, and all the way down to managing your online content. We talk about that business a little bit in this conversation, but we actually go a lot deeper as well. However, before we get cracking, just a quick reminder that Youpreneur FM is brought to you by the Youpreneur Mastermind community, the premier online community for entrepreneurs wanting to build a profitable, sustainable business based around their experience and those that they want to serve. Community members get exclusive access to our acceleration training library, which includes everything you'll need to know to build, market, and monetize a successful business. And couple that together with our monthly mastermind calls, discounted tickets to our live events, and access to our enthusiastic, supportive member-only forums, and you've got everything you need to succeed. If you're serious about building the business of you, as I call it, and in the most rewarding profitable way possible, then you must join us. So be sure to head over to youpreneur.com today for more info. Now, before we get into this conversation with Jess, just a quick reminder, early bird tickets are now on sale for the Youpreneur Summit taking place in London this coming November. They are flying off the virtual shelves. If you are seriously considering coming along to our live event, this is where we celebrate the world of youpreneurship, as we call it, every year. If you're very seriously considering coming along, I would very much implore upon you to go ahead and do it now. Jump on, get your tickets when they're still available. All you need to do is head over to youpreneursummit.com. You find out all about the event. There's a cool video trailer there. You get to meet all of our keynote and regular speakers, as well as the entire schedule for the weekend as well. I'd love to host you in my hometown of London this coming November. It would be great to have you there. So go check it out one more time, youpreneursummit.com. Okay, so on to my chat with Jess. Now, we've been friends for a long time. You'll see that at times this conversation is very lighthearted, almost maybe possibly a little schoolgirl giggly-ish. But nonetheless, we have a lot of fun, but we also talk very serious business. And I wanted to sit down and talk with Jess, actually, about her growth as a personal brand entrepreneur, what she's done to use her personal brand in building her business, Don't Panic Management, and just really talk about her new book, 
TikTok and a lot of other stuff that she's got going on as well. It's a really enjoyable, fun, easy to listen to conversation between a couple of very, very passionate entrepreneurs that truly love what they do for a living. Here's myself and Jess. Enjoy. So Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's I'm I'm excited too because you know we've been friends for a good few years now. We've hung out, we've been to conferences together, we've talked business for hours and hours and hours. And now I get to do a first. And this is weird because it's rare at 293 episodes of this show that I say I get to do a first. <laughs> right? So That's pretty pretty big Pretty big thing to say. I know. I mean, I mean, the shoes are big to fill, so get yourself ready. But here it is, everyone. For you guys tuning in, I, what I'm talking about here is this is the first time I have ever interviewed anybody on the show about the subject of virtual assistance and virtual team building. And the reason why is because kind of like I do that. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, or, or, or very much I did that. I was known for that. Not so much anymore. But Jess, you are. And so, you know, I wanted you to come on and talk about this, talk about your journey, talk about Panic Proof, your book, um, and just generally just drop some knowledge bombs on these guys for the next 30 minutes. Are you ready for this? I think I'm ready. And I think you were a little scared. I think you were bit. just afraid to have someone else talking about virtual assistants. I know. <laughs> I, I, you could you could upstage me here. You could make way more sense than I make. And that, that oh, that's man. a danger. That's a danger. All right. I so, don't know. That might not be too hard to do. <laughs> before <laughs> as you can tell everybody, we are friends. Okay. So um where, before we get into the VA stuff, which actually I don't think is going to be a, a huge part of this call, but we will dive on it. Um, before we get into that, though, let's talk about how you've built this business, because it's not necessarily a traditional you know, business setup in terms of like how you do it, what you do, who you do it for, and that sort of type of thing. And the way you've gone about this is quite an interesting story behind it. So where did it all start? Where did don't panic management actually begin? Well, it all started at Bandcamp in 1994. No, there I'm just go. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I... Um I have always been an anti-rule follower, I think, and anyone who told me that I had to do something one way, I would go ahead and do it the other way, um, which was not the best thing when you are, you know, in a traditional school system. But after high school, I found that my college experience actually embraced this and kind of nurtured that side of people. And I felt like I was free to sort of start to explore some of these new ideas that I had. And I think joining all kinds of different clubs, you know, I think college is a great experience to um, not only figure out, you know, how much your liver can handle, <laughs> but right. also figure out, you know, what you, what you like to do. I mean, I, I took Russian, I took, um, you know, creative writing, but I also joined the entrepreneurial club at my school. And I found out that you didn't necessarily have to have the most perfect business idea to create a business. You just had to have, uh, you had to find a need that needed to be filled. Mm. And I wasn't sure what that was going to be, but I knew I would find it. And so a couple years later after college, I had done um, an AmeriCorps program where I was um, volunteering and 
helping inner city kids, which was really a great experience and really, I think, helped me build up my work ethic. Um, But it also gave me time to think more about what I really wanted to do, because I don't think that any 22-year-old graduating college really knows what they want to (laughs) do. And I didn't want to waste time, like, going into a career um, that I didn't love. Uh, So I I went through that. I did some other odd jobs and things and just found that I was always good at at organization, at keeping the trains running on time. and, And I just liked it. I just liked making things come to life. You know, if somebody said, Hey, I need this, 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 and that done, I'm losing my mind. I don't know how to get it done. Like, just go figure it out. You know, those are the situations where I, where I would thrive. And, and that's kind of how don't panic started. It wasn't called don't panic. It was like Jess Ostroff and company, (laughs) even though it was really just me, there was no company. Um, but I, I wanted to help people. I wanted to help people get out of their own way, um, figure out what they were really, really great at doing, which I know is something that you help people do as well and take on the rest. You know, I didn't mind being behind the scenes. In fact, I preferred to be behind the scenes because I felt like, you know, I could, I, this was straightforward. You know, there was a clear, project. There was a clear task list. There was a beginning and an end. I wasn't really an ideas person or I didn't think of myself as an ideas person back then. I was more of a a doer and that worked really well with the clients that I had because they were all, you know, big dreamers and I had my feet on the ground. So don't panic came from a fortune cookie, um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and a Coldplay <laughs> song. Okay, and just kind of came about organically in 2011, and has really just been growing that way. You know, one foot in front of the other since then. So, okay, day to day, what does your business do for other entrepreneurs? I mean, this is, you know, it's it's a pretty simple service that you provide, but I think. A lot of people don't understand how important it really is because it's it's yeah. super important to delegate and learn that you shouldn't be doing everything yourself. I mean, we talk about that stuff on this show all the time. So, right. I mean, what what does Don't Panic do on a data basis, revolving tasks, stuff that is, you know, for you guys, you thrive with it. For everybody else, they just shouldn't bother touching it at all. Right. Well, and one of the things, so, I mean, when people think of virtual assistants, a lot of times they think of someone kind of plugging away on data entry or researching flights or plugging in calendar schedule invitations and things like that. And we do do that, but we also try to become more of a thoughtful partner in our clients' businesses. And I think that's where our true value lies. So For some clients, it's that they need someone to hold them accountable. They need someone to actually assign them tasks oftentimes. Um, For other clients, it's that they want to know that someone has their back. You know, some of our clients were actually negotiating um, speaking contracts, for example. We have a lot of public speakers that we work with, and they may say, well, I normally charge this, but what I really want to do is charge that. Well, the assistant can do that for you. You know, the assistant can say, um, actually, this client 
won't accept your offer unless you pay this. And then the client doesn't feel bad because they're not the one, you know, feeling like they're asking for too much money. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, th those are just a couple of examples of the way clients rely on us, but ultimately it's, it's someone that they trust. It's someone that they can, can rely on to help them grow their business because our, our whole goal is that yes, you're paying for a service, you know, yes, it's a retainer fee that comes out of your hard earned money every month. But the fact that our hourly rate is theoretically lower than your hourly rate, you know, our services should pay for themselves Sure. because we're so useful. You know, we're, we're helping you get your, you know, $300 an hour rate versus our, you know, 30, 40, $50 an hour rate. Um, and so, you know, sometimes that's hard for people to wrap their head around. They're like, well, but you're just scheduling my meetings or you're just, right. you know, writing my marketing copy. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you could, you could look at it that way, but, but you shouldn't, you know, you should look at it like we're giving you back that time in your day and in your life and think about what you can be doing. I mean, some of our clients, they don't even want to be working on their business with those hours. They want to be spending time with their family. Right. I mean, we're all, you and I included, a lot of us are, are workaholics. You know, we love what we do. And so we do it all the time. But ultimately, that's not sustainable. And we need help. We need help making sure that we're getting the things done that we need to get done, but also that we're balancing a little bit of living our lives, you mm -hmm. know, whether that means family, health. Uh, wellness, you know, whatever it is, we can, we are only as good as our bodies. You know, if we get sick, if we can't do our work, we don't have a business anyway. So on a higher level, and that's why we're called don't panic. Uh, we're trying to evoke a sense of calm in our clients and a sense that it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, right. we, we don't work with rocket scientists and this is not rocket science. Sure. Um, you know, there's no emergencies. We're going to be there if you need us, but um, but ultimately someone has your back. Okay. So let me ask you this other than the, the whole kind of, well, you're just scheduling, you know, trips for me. You're not worth that kind of thing. I mean, that's a, you know, people look at things as a cost almost always before they look at right. it as an investment. Right. So that's, right. that's normal in any service, you know, related business, you'll come across that as number one objection to making a sale every single time is going to be money. But, um, Above and beyond that, do you feel, I mean, you know, the people that you work with, do they have problems getting out of their own damn way? I mean, like, I, I know that that was always a thing. It still is a thing, actually, for the majority of people that I work with when it comes to delegation and virtual team building. I mean, they just, they think they need to do everything themselves. They've got to get out of their own way. Are you seeing that as well? I thought it was a rhetorical question when you first asked it <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and it's so funny because I'm seeing it for different reasons. Right. Like sometimes, okay. yeah, sometimes people like me, for example, I am a control freak. So it's not that I think I can do it better per se. It's just that I'm afraid it's not going to get done if I don't do it myself. And I want to make sure that it's going to get done. So that's like the control freak version. The other version is the quality version where you actually do think that you can do it better than anyone else on the planet. And so you keep doing it. Um, you know, there are a lot of examples of, of different ways that people hold on to things. There's also this like cavalier, you know, I call it your, your superhero syndrome where you just do it because you think if you don't do it, that you're somehow a failure. Right. Um, 
And it's, it's a whole, it's a psychological thing. I, I wish I had taken more psych classes <laughs> at some point because I feel like I could, I could be a better uh, ser- servant to my clients if I could understand what's going on in their head. Uh, but I do do a few things, you know, to help them try to at least become a little bit more self-aware. Uh, one of the exercises that I give uh, to clients or potential clients um, that is also in my book is just a, a life audit where you, you look at everything that you're doing doing every single hour of every single day. I encourage people to do it not only with their work, but also with their free time. If they have free time, you know, how, how long did you spend doing laundry? How long did you spend preparing breakfast or making your bed or going for a run? Because you start to see patterns and you start to see things where you're like, procrastinating one thing and, and doing all these other silly things, or you're spending a lot of time, uh, doing things that, that you love and then neglecting the things that really need to get done because you don't like them. But just figuring out what those patterns are is the first step to understanding how you can truly be more effective with your work. And what we say is like, We don't care if we have to order you a maid, if we have to send your wife flowers because you screwed up, or if we have to, you know, book you a business trip. All of it falls under our purview because we're your assistant. And I think that once we start looking at it from a holistic life perspective and not just like, this is my work, this is my house, this is my exercise, you know, whatever, um, we can start to really be more effective and, and ultimately, you know, my goal is for people to live a happier life and it's, it's in a small way, but you know, I think that the first step is like you said, you know, knowing that you can and should get out of your own way and becoming self-aware about what things you can delegate. Right, exactly. Okay, all right, love this. So throughout the building of this business then, where have you seen, like where have you experienced the most struggle yourself, like as the owner of the business? I'm always curious to ask questions like that because I, uh, you got to get real with me now. Don't hold back, yeah. okay? Well, I have no problem admitting my own <laughs> downfalls, <laughs> but <laughs> I think we kind of foreshadowed this because I was saying that I'm a control freak and I right. totally like it's it's so hard to take your own medicine, right? Like you're I'm in the business of literally trying to force people to delegate and for the longest time I couldn't delegate myself. Mm. And I uh, and I know and I know you've you've had this issue. I mean, I I got sick. I just got really sick and I couldn't work. And that was the wake up call for me of like, okay, listen, if you're going to do anything, like even if you're not going to do this business, if you're going to do anything, you got to, you got to get it together. (laughs) You can't do this all because you're running yourself into the ground. And I, I never want anybody else to have to go through what I went through with that. And, and even, I mean, I wasn't even that sick. It could have been way worse. It took me, you know, a couple of weeks or a month or so. And I think that year actually was when I saw you and you, I think that's when your virtual freedom book came out. So it was a good excuse for me to do a lot of reading. So was this, was, was this around the time that you and I met for the first time when, when you came to my mastermind in Cleveland, I remember you were, you, you were having issues then with your health, right? In general. And you were really burned out. I remember this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it was that whole year and it only got worse. And I think, and it was a great time for me to go, 
you know, and meet you and meet Matt and just do that whole mastermind because it also gave me a focus. I was so, I felt like I could do everything. I could be, you know, I could be doing speaker outreach. I could be doing podcast production. I could be doing travel management, you know, everything. And, and, you know, my company now still does a lot of those things, right. but I don't do them all by myself. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I figured out how to identify what type of people I wanted to hire to help me, what, you know, and how I was going to create foolproof processes to make sure that I felt comfortable. And, and I think that's why the self-awareness exercise is so important because that's what I realized. I realized, well, it's not that I don't want to delegate. It's just that I'm afraid. I'm just afraid that things aren't going to get done or they're not going to get done well. So what should I do? I should spend my time on creating systems and processes that another person can follow. And then, I don't have to do it myself. And there are checks and balances to make sure that they're going to do a good job. They're going to check in with me. I'm going to have close communications, you know, whatever it is. But I t it took, you know, a little soul searching <laughs> for me to for me to figure that out. And, and it's made all the difference. I mean, I was on vacation recently and I, d I never took a vacation. I mean, like I had never taken a vacation where I didn't check my email. And this vacation was only about four days, but I didn't check my email and I had never done that. But the wow. fact that I've gotten to this point now where I trust my team so much and I believe that even if there's a mistake, they know the process to follow to triage and put out the fire and do whatever they need to do. And I know that they'll, they'll fill me in when I get back or they'll send a pigeon, you know, to my, to my cabana on the beach and we'll figure it out. So, so, so let me ask you this then. So that's really interesting. So Four days away, no email, completely decompressing with fiance, relaxing, taking it easy, lots of cocktails, good food, sand and sea and all that fun stuff. No email checking at all, no business at all. How did it make you feel? Well, it, you know, it takes me... Once the anxiety disappears. Yeah. <laughs> the first two days were like, a tri my trigger finger wanted to I know, like, like did you keep reaching phone. for the phone, right? Yeah, surely. Yeah, okay, yeah. right. Well, I mean, one of the things that helped was, yeah, we had a safe in our room and my phone went in the safe. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I didn't know the code. Or if ah. I did, I didn't remember it. Um, and so I couldn't get I couldn't get my phone. My fiance was in charge of phone time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so having an accountability partner, if you are someone who is a compulsive email checker, is important. <laughs> right, right. Um, but after the first couple of days, and also I gave my team his number. Uh, in case anything happened, although I found out later his phone was also in the safe. So really, nobody could have contacted us if they wanted to. Right. I was thinking about the old days like when uh, you didn't have cell phones and you would just tell someone, OK, I'm going to be at this restaurant or I'm going to be at this hotel. And, and you call the hotel, you know, and say, can I please get Miss Ostroff? And they would go like find you at the bar or whatever right. and put you on the phone. Right. Um, no, maybe that's what I should do next time. Well, they, the hotel, hotels will still do that for you, just so you know. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> have you had that happen to you before? Um, I have actually. Paging one... Mr. Ducker. No, no. I, I'm very serious, actually. I was in Hong Kong last year, and um, somebody had called my uh, Hong Kong, somebody from my team, actually, here in the Philippines, was trying to get through to me on my cell, and they couldn't get through for whatever reason. So they called oh. me at the hotel. I was staying at the Marco Polo, and... 
I was in the lounge having a coffee meeting with somebody and all of a sudden I heard this. I mean, you know, Marco Polo is quite a high-end hotel over here in Asia. Like they're really, you know, very, very nice hotels. And there was we heard this little bell ringing and somebody mm. was walking around with a with kind of like a sign. You know, like when somebody meets you at the airport, like the driver, yeah. right? So they're walking around. It's obviously all brass and beautifully, you know, all that sort of stuff. And he's walking around ringing this little bell. And <laughs> I look around and my name, Ducker, is on this little... <laughs> This little board. I'm like, what's going on here? They found me after all these years, wow. sort of thing. And um, I put my hand up. He came over to me and he said, uh, "There's a call for you. You can take it at the bar." And I was like, wow. "Oh my gosh, they still do this?" Because you see it in movies from like the 80s and right, stuff, don't you? Right. Right? Yeah, they still do it. Well, that's great. I mean, I think we should bring that back. I think you like, should test it, would be it out. Great Just if get... nobody could get a hold of us. You have to call me at the hotel. You have to call me at the bar or whatever. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, test, test it out. Next time you go away, very seriously, test it out with your team yeah. and tell someone to call you at the hotel and see That's whether they'll idea. actually find you or whether they're going to just leave a message for you, Ooh. you know, under your door or something like that, something right. lame. We don't want that. We want the bell and we want the sign in the bar. That's what it's all about. Okay, all right. <laughs> Let, let's um, let's shift gears here then for the next 10 minutes before we wrap up. So um, the future, let's talk about this. You've just come out with a book. It's called Panic Proof, subtitle, How the Right Virtual Assistant Can Save Your Sanity and Grow Your Business. I very seriously suggest everybody picks this up. Um, if you've got this book and virtual freedom, that's it. You're set on this subject. You don't need any more, sincerely, right? So make yeah, sure you go ahead and totally. pick it up. I have to assume at this point in my career that the large majority of my listeners have already picked up my first book. So, you know, you've got to get this one-two punch, everybody. Panic Proof by Jess. We'll link to it in the show notes, but uh, you can just go ahead and search for it on Amazon as well. So the book comes out. It's it's now, I mean, really, this is it. You know, writing a book is the easiest expert positioning strategy. I always say that, but it ain't easy to do. There's a lot of work right. involved in doing it, obviously. How, just very, very quickly, finite answer, how did you feel, A, writing the book, because uh, it's your first book as well, and then B, when it was actually done? Well, this has been years in the making and I was pissed when your book came out because I was like, <laughs> I could have written that. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't know you yet. So I, I have But, but you could have still been upset that the book was right, there. Right. Well, I was more just like kicking myself because I was I was doing that thing that we all do where it's like, you know, I was waiting for the right moment. Right. And there was no right moment. Right. I decided last summer I was going to take a writing retreat, essentially. I went eight days in the woods of New Hampshire with no Wi-Fi, and I wrote 5,000 words a day. And That'll and that was, that was it. And, I mean, obviously the book ended up going through a lot more work than just those, you know, 40,000 words. It ended up being a lot longer. But um, it, it happened so fast because I, I wrote, I did that in July and the book was published in January. So I actually didn't have a lot of time to think about it. Um, but what I did feel was that was that just overwhelming relief 
<laughs> that oh, yeah. I could actually get it down on paper because it's been in my head for so long. And uh, and then when it was out, I, I think I was just really overwhelmed. You know, so many people, like you said, it's the easiest way to position yourself as a thought leader or whatever. All of a sudden, these people are coming out of the woodwork like, you wrote a book, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait, I've been running a business for now seven years and you don't think that's a big deal? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like you write right. a book and everyone's like, oh, and it, you know, it was just funny to see all these people like, oh, it's so amazing to see your success, da, 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 da. Right. And you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's like, well, you haven't even read the book. What if it sucks? <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been great. Just so many people coming to support me and, you know, they're always like, what can I do? And I'm always like nothing because I'm terrible at promoting myself. Um, but so, so you need to become better <laughs> at that. Right. And I'll give you right. a couple of reasons why. Allow me to go in a coach mode for a minute because number one, you really do know what the hell you're talking about. Like that's fact, fact right there. Number two, there aren't that many people talking about the power of virtual assistants and virtual team building out there. That's the reason why when I when I doubled down on that in like 2010, 2011, I, I basically became the source online very, very quickly because I doubled right. down on it. I became very, very verbal uh, and vocal about it. And, you know, the speaking gig started coming in the front and center. The book deal came along, et cetera, et cetera, because it wasn't a very noisy space. It's still... Mm isn't a noisy space. Right. So you you really do know what you're talking about. It's not a noisy space. You absolutely can and should be seen as a as a genuine leader in that space. The book is great. You know what you're talking about. It's all there for the taking, Jess. The issue with you is you, for whatever reason, aren't taking it. And I want you to take it. You should take it. You deserve it. So, you know, there, there you go. Uncle Chris kicking you up the backside a little bit. Maybe you'll you'll start taking it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm ready. It's I'm right ready. there for you, darling. I, I like it's getting right a there. Ducker pep talk. There you go. That's all I needed. I just needed to have, you know, a little five-minute chat every month or so and I'll be good. <laughs> You're good to go. All right, good. So, all right. So where do you, well, okay, so as we wrap up, where do you see this industry as a whole? This is a question that I must, must ask. I mean, I've been involved in the outsourcing industry for almost 15 years, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I mean, I'm a genuine long in the tooth, old fuddy duddy, you know, <laughs> business owner when it comes to the outsourcing world. I didn't say it. No, no, no. But where, <laughs> where do you see this going? Where, as the, as the world, continues to kind of evolve and develop and even become more you know reliant on tech and all the rest of it like where do you see this industry going three five ten years from now yeah well i appreciate you paving the way because now i mean you were there when it was early and it was new and people were figuring it out i mean i still can't believe how many people don't know what a virtual assistant is. Sometimes I think we need a better term for it, uh, a better way of explaining it. But regardless of what you call it, you know, this stat that is always floating around is that half of the work, the U.S. workforce at least, will be virtual by 2020. And it's 2018 right now. That's not very far away. 
Right. So that's so exciting for me, especially because what it tells me is that people are not afraid anymore that uh, to hire somebody just because of where they are. That was the biggest barrier. I mean, that was the biggest thing that I had to convince convince clients in the beginning of was that wait, you're not going to be sitting right next to me. You're not mm. going to be in my office. You're not mm. going to be in my house, you know, whatever it was. And I would say no, but that doesn't mean that I can't do everything that you want me to do. And even to this day, you know, some, some of my older, you know, in age clients are say, you know, I, I still can't believe we're doing this because I would have never thought when I was starting my business right. that this is where we would be. So that's so exciting. And I just think that, in addition to people becoming more comfortable, it's going to make businesses better, every business, because you're not you're then not tied to only hiring people in whatever geographic place you live in. It's going to mean that more places can be populated. You know, right now, New York City is falling into the water, probably San Francisco, Miami, you know, all these big cities are becoming overpopulated. And there's no reason for that. I mean, they're great cities. If you want to go there, go there. But you don't have to. You right. could be in a cabin in the wood. You could be in an A-frame tent. And you can have a hot spot, you know, in the middle of nowhere. And you can make a difference. And that's what I think, you know, in my generation, too, is just extremely um, – extremely thoughtful of other people, I think more so than I realized, you know, I thought that my doing a, an AmeriCorps program, which by the way is like Peace Corps. Um, but in America, I thought that was, you know, that was kind of strange for the people that I graduated with, but it's not strange for my generation. A lot of people want to do something, whether it's volunteer work or creating a business that gives back. I mean, you see these businesses all the time where it's like, you know, buy one, give one, Warby Parker, you know, buy a pair of glasses, donate a pair, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. And and I think that part of the reason that these young entrepreneurs have even been able to do that is because they're not they're not stuck in these old ways of, you know, you got to use the manufacturer down the street, you got to use your your cousin for your admin assistant, you know, whatever it is. You still can do that, of course. You know, there's tons of opportunities for local businesses as well. But it just means that I think everyone's going to get better. Everyone's going to get stronger. People are going to be more competitive because they're going to need to keep their skills sharp to stay up with the the trends mm. um, and the changing technology. I actually just got that question today with a, a new business call. Uh, the client said, "You know, how do you how do you stay on top of like when there's a new project management tool or there's a new technology that comes up and your clients using it?" And I said, "You know what? I hire people who are curious." I'm curious and I hire people that have a curious mind and want to learn things. And I think that the future of virtual work means that more people are going to be ha have to be curious and have to be interested <laughs> in what they're doing and not phone it in, which is just going to make for a better workforce overall. And I think that's really exciting. I'm also excited, particularly for women and men who want to have families um, and who maybe need to stay at home or for whatever reason, either they can't afford uh, help or they they have um, 
you know, some kind of illness or they have an aging parent, you know, there are all kinds of things that go on in people's lives that make it hard for them to have a traditional job. And remote work, virtual assistant work, you know, all these opportunities allow you to still live sure. while earning a living and doing something that matters. Totally. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I'm also excited about that as I continue to build my business, knowing that I'm not constrained to geographical constraints and I haven't been for a long time, that mm -hmm. I can hire the right people for the right roles at the right time. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, that just turns me on. It gets me going crazy because from a business <laughs> owner perspective, like you're not hot, you're not held back anymore right. in terms right. of your your dreams of growth and your aspirations of of success. Like it's all right there for the taking. You've just got to get off your butt and take it. It's really that simple. Um, yeah. Jess, you're great. I can't wait to have you back on the show. We're not going to wait 293 episodes to make that happen. Is that all right? Great. Well, next time we can talk more about whiskey. We can. We can talk more about whiskey. We share an affection for whiskey, which is great. For you guys tuning in, um, I want you to check out Jess. Name of the book is Panic Proof. Name of the company is Don't Panic Management. Links to everything over at the show notes, chrisducker.com forward slash episode 293. Jess, thanks again for being on. Thank you, Chris. All right. And for you guys tuning in, thank you for being with me this week. And I often say, as we wrap up the show, you could be tuning into any podcast right now on the subject of building a smart, savvy business, but you're tuning into mine. That makes you smart and savvy, and it makes me very happy. I will see you again next week. Until then, take good care. If you enjoyed this episode of Youpreneur FM and you're ready to embark upon a journey that'll leave you and your career 100% future-proof, be sure to pick up a copy of my book, Rise of the Youpreneur. It's available all around the world right now. And when you grab a copy, not only are you supporting me and my work, but you're also getting the definitive guide to becoming the go-to leader in your industry and a roadmap that'll help you turn everything you're doing as well as everything you know into a profitable business that'll stand the test of time. Just head over to youpreneur.com forward slash book to grab your copy today.